Welcome to the Life Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church based in North Dallas with a desire to help people love God, love people, and make a difference. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. I'm reading from Revelation chapter 12, and uh, Blair let me know that she just finished Revelation, so this is for you, Blair. Revelation chapter 12, verse number 9, says this, So the great dragon was cast out. And if you don't know who is being talked about here, John tells us that serpent of old. If you still don't know who he's talking about, called the devil and Satan. Has everybody got it? What, what, is it, what did John say that he saw? It was cast out. He who deceives the whole world, he was cast out to the earth, not just him, but his angels. They were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren, who's he talking about? The dragon, the serpent, Satan, the devil, Here's just another way that he's described the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night. He doesn't take breaks. He's working around the clock. The accuser of the brethren, he accused them before our God day and night. Here's what happens. He has been cast down. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Tonight, I'd like to take a few moments, and I don't know that I've ever really done something like I'm getting ready to do, but I felt to do this. But before we move into a time of corporate prayer this evening, I want to talk a little bit about the dream that was shared this past Sunday. And if you weren't here, unfortunately, I can't direct you. Uh, to go back and watch the webcast, we were unable to stream uh, this past Sunday due to the sensitive areas that the missionary who was with us and uh, these places she goes in and ministers to, we, uh, she has to be cautious and careful for her safety. And so because of that, I can't say go watch the webcast because we cut it off before she began speaking. But I'll, I'll, I'll share a little bit about it. But before before I, I, I get to what was shared on su- Sunday, I'd like to ask everyone here tonight a question. And that question is, do you believe that there is a realm beyond what you can see? Do you really believe? Do, do you believe not only in the natural, the physical, the visible, But do you also believe in the supernatural, the spiritual, and the invisible? I'm hearing some amens. You don't have to raise your hand to answer that, but I do want you to answer that in your mind. Do you believe in the supernatural? Do you believe in the reality of things that you can't always see with your eyes, but you can feel them? And you can sense them. 
and you're impacted by what goes on in that other realm. In John chapter 3, verse number 8, Jesus likened the Spirit of God, which you can't see, right? Can't see it. But he likened the Spirit of God to the wind. And this is what he said, the wind blows where it wishes. And you can hear it. You hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it comes from, and you can't tell where it goes. You can feel it. You can see it. You, 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 you can't see it, but even though you can't see it, it's still very, very real. He says, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. Just because it's invisible sometimes doesn't mean that it's not real. So this idea, the, the idea of the existence of the supernatural is introduced just right there in the opening pages of the Word of God. And it literally flows throughout those 66 books all the way to the book of Revelation where we find spiritual imagery on steroids. Right, Blair? That's what you kind of, yeah, she said, it's kind of weird, Dad. There's a whole lot of stuff that's going on. But we see it from the beginning. There in the garden, there was Satan, and he manifests himself as a ser serpent there in the garden. We see that almost immediately. And then on the heels of that, after Adam and Eve sinned, there, the Bible tells us that there were two angels, not two humans, but two angels with flaming swords that blocked the entrance to the garden to not allow Adam and Eve back into the garden. So right off the bat, we see that the supernatural exists, and, and the supernatural exists right there simultaneously with the natural. It's the spiritual right along with the physical. And that shouldn't scare us. It's just reality. And ignorance, church, is not bliss when it comes to the spirit realm. If you just think, oh, I'm not hearing this, no, 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 I'm not hearing anything he says. No, that, that, that does, that's not going to make your life better. That's not going to cause you to not be impacted by what goes on in the spirit realm. Ignorance is not bliss. You need to know. We need to be aware. We, everybody here tonight needs to know you are in a battle. Let me say it like this. You are the object of a battle. You are the focus of a battle. You need to know there is a target on your soul. You need to know tonight that according to Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That's the physical. That's the natural. But that's not where the war is waged. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Now pay attention because here it's going to let us know where the war happens. We wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. Where? In heavenly places. Speaking of that spirit realm. So this is what we're dealing with. We all have to understand tonight that there is a battle that is going on. There are things that are happening all around us that we, we can't see, that, that we can't visualize. But that doesn't negate the fact that there's activity in the spirit realm. 
So now that I've said that, let me briefly recap what was shared Sunday. Based on an encounter that the missionary had with a demonic presence and in one of those tightly controlled countries that she goes into and, and walks the streets and prays and, and evangelizes when she can and, and meets with members of the underground church. It was in one of those countries that, that, that she was in that, that uh, she, she had an encounter, she had an experience. And, and uh, the, in, in, that, in that encounter, there was a manifestation of the devil in, in the form of a man that, that actually came into her hotel room uh, where she was staying, and, and she had an, had an exchange with, with him. And, and so she, she shared with us that, uh, she shared that earlier in the message, and towards the end of the message, she let us know that while she was here, while she was here in Dallas, and she had been speaking at our girls' conference on Friday night and Saturday morning, but on Saturday afternoon, she said she laid down to take a nap. And, and while she was taking a nap, she had, she had a dream. And in this dream, she had a conversation with a demon who was, again, manifesting himself as a man. And so she asked him who he was, and he responded by telling her and identifying himself as Hunter. I am, I am Hunter. And she said, is that, is that your name? And, and he let her know real quick that it's, it's what he did. And so she asked him what he hunted, and, and the response was, I hunt life. I hunt life. She, this, this, this demon was a hunter of, of life. And so the missionary asked a couple times if, if that was, if he was talking about the life church. She was here to minister at the Life Church. So that was top of mind for her. Is that the Life Church? Is that what you're talking about? Since I'm here to minister to the Life Church, are you here hunting the Life Church? And so she asked this, repeated a couple times. And, and upon hearing that question, this demon responded back to her and said, I hate that church. And I'm glad to hear that. I said, I'm glad to hear that. I don't, want, I don't want him liking the life church. I don't want the enemy to be pleased with the life church. I want to be a thorn in his side. I want us to be his worst nightmare. Amen. So not only does he hunt life, but according to what he said to the missionary, he hates our church, of which the word life is prominently featured in the name. Additionally, our mission statement is that we exist to bring what? To bring life to North Dallas through the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. So the first thing that I want to say is that th this was not an effort to scare anybody. That's not what this missionary was trying to do. Th this was not an effort to manipulate anybody. And if you were here, you know what I was talking, what I'm talking about. As a matter of fact, if you recall, the missionary really tried to communicate this at the beginning of her message that this is this is going to be abnormal. What you're going to hear, this is not going to be what I normally talk about. And this isn't what your pastor maybe always talks about. There, there was no effort to sensationalize. 
There, there was no effort to drum up drama. It was simply sharing that, hey, the curtain was pulled back to the spirit realm. And I was allowed to see in. And I was allowed to ask some questions. And this is what I heard. Pastor Matt posted about this on our, in our Facebook group, and he posted about this on, on uh, a Tuesday morning, I believe it was, and, and, and a portion uh, of what he posted was that the missionary's message was not meant to scare us, but it was meant to prepare us. As a matter of fact, one of our children who were in the service remarked to their parents after that service and said, Mom, that was the greatest story I've ever heard. It built that child's faith, right? So this isn't about being scary or spooky. This is about understanding there's the physical and there's the spiritual. There's the natural and there's the supernatural. And we've got to engage because we are spirit beings. We are filled with the spirit of God. So Pastor Matt said this, this was not meant to scare us, but to prepare us, and I agree with that 100%. And Pastor Matt went ahead, and, and he proceeded in that post in our Facebook group to post a passage from Ephesians 6, and, and a portion of that's what I quoted earlier in verse 12, uh, and, and what I'm about to get to. But here's, here's the beautiful thing is that Pastor Matt didn't know when he posted that on Tuesday morning that during our Monday night prayer meeting, I had my notes app open, and God was dealing with me about tonight. And I had Ephesians chapter 6 that I'm planning to share tonight. And he didn't know that that was going on. The Lord was dealing with me about this, and he posted that. And so, so let's pick up with this. Let's go to Ephesians 6, and let's pick up with verse number 13. Here's what it says. After Paul had clearly communicated to us who we're in a battle with, it's not against flesh and blood, but we're battling with principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. We're battling against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Then verse 13, he instructs us to, therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. And so he begins talking through the various components of the whole armor of God. Gird up your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, he says, take the shield of faith. Listen, you can't be in this battle without faith. You can't live for God without faith. He said above all of the various aspects of the armor of God, above all, the shield of faith, which you'll be able to quench all oh, the fiery darts of the wicked one. There's that imagery. We're in a battle. We're in a war. So we got to have faith so we can quench the attacks of the enemy. Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, and do what? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in, 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 in the what? What does it say? In the? Come on, somebody say it loud. In the? Pray and have supplication in the spirit because that's where we war. That's where we fight. It's not in the physical. It's in the spiritual. 
So you need to pray and supplicate in the spirit, being watchful to this end, that with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, pray for one another, pray for brothers and sisters. We're in a battle. We need to have each other's backs. We need to look out for each other. We need to intercede for each other. We, we need to call each other's names in prayer. So when you consider the whole armor of God, and I'm not going to take the time to share all of the meaning and the significance tonight of the armor of God. We'll, we'll put that off for another time. But when you, when you consider, when you examine the armor of God, you'll notice that, that when you put it on, that your abdomen is protected. Right? You, you, you've got that, 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 that girdle, you're, you're girding up your waist. So, so your abdomen is, is protected with truth, the Bible tells us. Then we take the breastplate, and the, that, that, that breastplate of righteousness, that, that protects your upper torso, your chest area, and so that's protected, and your legs and your feet are protected, and your head is protected by that helmet of salvation, and you've got that shield that you hold out, and, and it's used to fend off the attacks of the enemy as you move forward into battle, and you've got the sword, and again, it's about moving forward into battle. It's about being on the offense. So when you think about all those pieces of, of the armor of God, the only thing that is not protected is your back. The only vulnerability that you have is when you have your back to the adversary. So in order for a hunter, if you will, to be able to wound you, then you've got to be retreating instead of advancing because when you turn and run away because when you turn and begin to retreat when you turn your back listen your breastplate is not going to do you any good when your back is to the adversary when you retreat, that shield can't quench the fiery darts that are being hurled in your direction let, let me say another thing about hunters let me, about predators, if you will. I'm gonna, let me just kind of just say this here real quick. The Bible says, the Bible refers to Satan as a roaring lion. <laughs> we know what a lion is. He's an apex predator, right? The Bible says that Satan is like a roaring lion, and it says that he is seeking whom he may. He's seeking who he may devour. So not only does he want to devour, not only does he want to destroy, but he's seeking who is vulnerable. That's why predators always go after the animal that is on the periphery of the herd. Predators don't go after the one that's in the middle of the herd. No, they look for that one that is isolated. They, they look for that one that is wandering off. Just kind of wandering, just, just kind of distracted, and just kind of drifting away from safety. And that is the one that inevitably becomes the prey. You can watch the videos of the Serengeti, and you can watch the videos of things happening out in the wild. And, and, and with, with the lions and with those predators, that's what they are looking for. Is, is one that's easy to, to attack, one that is easy to pick off. They're not advancing anymore. They're not in the midst anymore. 
they're just kind of turning and doing their own thing, walking away. And church, because of that, we don't need to wait for the enemy to bring the fight to us. But as the church of God that is established on the rock that Jesus prophesied about and said, the gates of hell shall not prevail, we need to be on offense. Not constantly reacting, not constantly on the defense, but we need to be on the march. We've got armor, we've got weapons, we've got tools, but they do us no good if we're in retreat. They only do us any good when we're marching into the battle, when we're fighting the good fight of faith. That's the only time that that sword of the Spirit's gonna do us any good. That's the only time that that breastplate of righteousness is gonna do us any good. It's when we're engaging the battle. We read just a moment ago that the day is coming when the devil and his angels are going to be cast out. They're going to be cast down once and for all. But church, we don't have to wait until then to take authority over our adversary. We have the power to do so right now. We have the power of the name of Jesus. We sang about it to open this service. We have overcome Come on, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Come on, we have the power through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. So church, if there is a hunter that's roaming North Dallas, and if there is a hunter who is seeking to destroy life, then I think it's time for us to turn the hunter into the hunted. Let me, let me show you what I'm talking about. Brother Sam, put that first picture up. Can we go back to the first picture? That one right there. Yeah, that's the hunter. He's attacking this herd. And they all say, you know what? You're not getting one of us. We're not going to turn and flee and run and just let you pick some of our, someone in our herd, whoever the slowest is. We're not going to let you do that, but we're all going to bind together and we're going to come against you. I want you to show the other one where he's running. This is it right here. That line's like, I'm getting out of here. I'm not staying around here. I might can take one or two of them out, but I can't take all of them out. I want you to show the one where there we go. Gotta, I got I to gotta, I gotta get away from this. I got I to gotta go where they can't go. Show the other one. Here, here's two lions up in a tree. And these wildebeest. They say, uh-uh, you, you're not messing with us today. You're not, you're not getting one of us today. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says, church, that we should not be ignorant of the devil's devices. So now that we know that there is a hunter now that we know that there is a demon that is hunting life in North Dallas, it's time for us to pursue. It's time for us to run him out of this town in Jesus' name. 
It's time for us to exercise our God-given authority and send that demon back where he came from. Oh, come on, I don't know about you, but I don't want a hunter of life hanging around my family. I don't want him stalking my household. I don't want a hunter of life hanging around seeking whom he may devour at the life church. Listen, I'm thankful that he hates us, but that's not enough. We need to put this demon out of business. Oh, somebody lift your voice to the Lord right now. Somebody begin to praise the Lord as you stand to your feet. Come on, we're getting ready to pray. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you are for us, that you are with us. Come on, that's it, church. Create an atmosphere for some effective prayer that is going to avail much tonight. Come on, just exalt God. Come on, we're not exalting, the, we're not glorifying the devil. We're going to exalt God because when we get our eyes on Him, He'll fight our battles for us. This isn't a fleshly, physical fight. It's a spiritual fight. Come on, He's the God of heaven's armies. Lift Him up tonight. Praise His mighty name. He's the God who triumphs gloriously. The horse and the rider, He throws into the sea. He's the God who parts the waters. He's the God of miracles. He's the God of the supernatural. You can stay where you are. You can step out into the aisles, come down to this front, but I've got three things I want us to pray about. First thing I want you to do is I want you to pray for yourself and I want you to pray for your family. We need to pray on the whole armor of God tonight. I said we need to pray on the whole armor of God tonight. So I want you to begin to pray for your thoughts. Begin to pray against the lies of the enemy and embrace the truth, God's truth, God's word for you. Pray over your heart. That breastplate of righteousness is covering that. But pray over your heart. Pray over your emotions. Pray that your faith would be strong and not waver. Pray for your salvation. I'm encouraging to pray a hedge of protection around your family, moms and dads, grandparents. I'm encouraging you right now to plead the blood of Jesus over your loved ones. So that's the first thing. Pray for yourself. Pray for, pray for your family. Would you do that right now? Come on, just like the Israelites of the Old Testament, they covered the doorpost with the blood of the sacrificial lamb. We need to cover ourselves and we need to cover our households with the blood of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. You can't have my son. You can't have my daughter. You can't have my spouse. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you tonight. Oh, you have no place here. You have no authority here. You have no dominion here. We're not just taking back territory. We're taking new territory in the Holy Ghost tonight. Oh, in Jesus' name. You're not welcome in our homes. 
You're not welcome in our families. You have no right to us. We've been bought with a price. We've had the blood applied. We're bearers of the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, lay your hand on your head if you're having problems with your thoughts or if you just want to take dominion over your thoughts tonight. Lay your hand on your head. Oh, in Jesus' name, let truth reverberate in my mind. Change my mindset, Lord. Oh, I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to be susceptible to the attack of the adversary. I don't want to stop anything. I'm going to tell you what else to pray for. And when you get ready, you can start praying about this. If you're still praying for yourself, praying for your family, that's fine. But let's put this second prayer point on the screen. I want us to pray for those amongst us who are on spiritual life support. That's the phrase I feel like God prompted me with Monday night in prayer. That there's some that are connected to this body but they're on spiritual life support. They're barely hanging on. They're barely hanging on. Come on, I want you to pray for those amongst us who are vulnerable. Maybe they're vulnerable due to the allurements of the world. Maybe they're vulnerable due to the cares of life that are overwhelming them. Maybe they've become vulnerable because of the hardships that they've been dealing with or the hurts or the offenses that they've endured. Come on, can you pray for those who are hanging on, those who are on the, on, on the perimeter right now. Come on, pray for prodigals. Think of people who are struggling spiritually and pray for them. Come on, this is where we come together and say, enemy, you're not going to get one of us. You're not going to get my brother. You're not going to get my sister. We're not just going to stand by and watch someone be picked off or prayed upon. Come on, intercede for those whose faith is waning. Come, put yourself between them and the altar right now and pull for them in the Spirit. Call their name. See them in your mind's eye. We're not letting go of them. We're not giving up on them. Satan, you can't have them. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, let a spirit of intercession begin to break out right now. Let God use you on behalf of someone else. Come on, let him mobilize. Let him mobilize us for this mission. Jesus. Come on, pray that God would breathe into them a breath of life. That God would resuscitate them spiritually. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Nothing that the enemy is using to try to take them out is going to prosper. Come on, we're going to pray for them. We're going to pray for them like Jesus did for the Apostle Peter, that their faith not fail them. Oh, 
let there be a revival. Let there be a revival, Lord, from this very church, people connected to this church. Let there be a revival of those who have lost their way, of those who have drifted. Let there be a spiritual resurgence. Let there be a revival of prodigals. Oh, in Jesus' name, let there be an awakening of spiritual proportions in the name of Jesus. Oh. Hallelujah. Once again, continue to pray when you feel released from that. Here's the third thing. I want you to pray for our mission to bring life to North Dallas. We now know that there's an adversary who hates life and is hunting life. So I want us to pray for, that's our mission, that God would help us, that we would be transmitters of life everywhere that we go, that we would be more bold than we've ever been in proclaiming that Jesus is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. I want you to pray that we would see lives transformed in this city by the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. Come on, pray for the Lord of the harvest right now. Pray for souls that you've not yet met. Pray for the lost. Pray for the hurting. Pray for the deceived. Pray for the spiritually blinded. And pray that God would use us. Oh, hallelujah, that's it, church. That's it. Jesus died for every person in this city, not just for those inside these four walls. The mission of Jesus Christ was to seek and save that which was lost. He didn't come for those who were healed and well. He came for the sick. He came for the lost. Come on, let's let his mission be our mission. Oh, God. Oh, give us a burden. Use us. Shine through us. God, I don't want to camouflage my faith any longer. I don't want to hide my hope anymore. But I want to shine for you. I want to reflect you. Oh, help us to live out loud when it comes to our faith. Help us, Lord, to bring life, to bring life, to speak life, to proclaim life. Oh, not met them yet but they matter to you they've not walked into the doors of this church yet but we love them because they have a soul
We're going to continue to pray a couple more minutes. If you want to fill out a prayer card for later, you can do that. But let's continue to pray. Let's continue to have faith. Let's continue to believe. Let's continue to take back what belongs to the Lord. He's, he's the creator of all life. He's the, the originator of all things. Come on, let's rob the kingdom of hell tonight. And let's populate the kingdom of heaven. Come on, let's bombard the kingdom of hell tonight. Let's recover all. Oh, there will be revival in Dallas in the name of Jesus. And not just in this church, but in churches all around the Metroplex. There will be revival, greater revival. A greater in gathering, a greater harvest. Oh God, we want to be a part of what you're doing in this day. We want to be in the middle, Lord, of the altar call that you're giving to the world. Jesus. church let's go on the offense let's go on the attack come on let's go on the attack quit warring from a defensive posture claim things even though you just see them and they're not a reality yet but claim it in the spirit claim co-workers who don't yet know about the power of the Holy Ghost but claim them in the spirit claim loved ones claim neighbors in Jesus name they are yours, God. They are yours. They are yours. Oh, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you were inspired by today's sermon. Connect with the Life Church through our website, TLCDallas.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at TLC Dallas. Remember, together we can love God, love people, and make a difference. God bless.